White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, ActorWall23, on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Go to YouTube and subscribe right now. You can see when we can drop a video of our program if you want to call. And there's been a couple people have called, not as many, which I'm very surprised after Tough loss. 312-566-8727. 312-566-8727 is the way you leave a voice message or locked on socks at gmail.com is the way you can leave an email. I want to murder this fucking manager. Oh, Chris. <laughs> sorry, I don't is that supposed to be in there? Chris. How are you doing tonight? Um, you know, I, I've been better. It's a quite quite a newsy day in the White Sox world. Sox losers last night by a score of five to four. The Twins walk it off, courtesy of a Jorge Polanco single. Uh, just a a blech performance coming off a really good performance the other night, and just a, an easy you know a winnable game for the White Sox. I think we'd all agree on that. Um, fell apart late. You know, when you get three home runs from Miguel Sano, you're probably going to lose that game, and sometimes that just happens in baseball. Uh, we'll get to the details of what happened there. Uh, but first, let's start with some good news before we get into the stuff that really weighs us down here. Um, you know, we were alerted this morning by a locked-on podcast network newsletter mm-hmm. uh, from David Locke, who who runs the, the network. He's the uh, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, and... You know, he sends a weekly recap of the shows and, you know, highlights shows that are doing really well and ranks the shows, you know, across all platforms. You're talking baseball, basketball, football, hockey, and and the college sports as well. You know, um, we're not often seen in the social media part. I don't enjoy putting videos out on social media. My personal philosophy is you guys know where our thoughts are and they're on the show. So I don't like Mm -hmm. to tweet during games. I don't like to post videos during games. We like to know that our thoughts are going to be on the show and you guys know that those shows will be out there five days a week. So if you follow us and and you you know the inside baseball of our show, you guys know that we are uh, often pretty highly rated in terms of the baseball shows. We're almost always in the top five, even in the offseason when there's nothing going on. And this morning we found out that we were number one uh, on the MLB network for Locked on MLB podcasts. So uh, it was just a, it was a long time coming, but you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh yeah, we try actively to get the number one show we just kind of do the show and we we see that what works what doesn't and we know you guys are engaged and and we just leave it for what it is but i texted her after the show ended uh two nights ago and i i said man we're gonna catch these dodgers uh, before the season ends because i remember seeing the monday stats of the show for just a typical weekend recap against the royals and and, and the floor was a lot higher we're seeing these subscriber base 
be there at a higher rate. So we know the audience is growing. So you have confidence in that and you know, oh yeah, like, you know, the, the listenership is growing and we haven't, you know, we've only been doing this for about 15 months together. So we know that it's still going to grow and still has a, a ton of room to grow. So I don't do the shows thinking about ratings or numbers or downloads. You know, we've got full-time jobs. I got a family, Herb, you have a busy social life, you know, with, with Courtney and, you know, so we don't, we're not out there all the time. But we did. We did want to overtake the Dodgers for first place. Uh, don't get it twisted. Like I, mm-hmm. I like. I'm a competitive dude, and, and her. I know you are as well. Uh, but it was just. A, it was a great thing to see waking up to that that we overtook the Dodgers at least temporarily for the number one spot. We're gonna do everything we can to keep it. But the Dodgers are a huge team with a huge fan base, uh, bi coastal fan base. But it goes to show you, man. White Sox fan base. You guys may have a smaller piece of the pie in terms of numbers. You look at the the chart of baseball fans and and especially the market share in the city. Mm-hmm. You guys are as rabid as anyone, though, man. You guys want the content, and we try to do you guys well uh, every day on this show. And it, it made me extremely proud, and I'm so appreciative to work with you, Herb, on this show because it does not feel like work. And it was just it was good to see. And I just want to thank all the listeners for helping us get that number one spot. There's no extra money other than what we normally would make, but it just you know it it is a a, a goal that we you know, not officially set out for, but a goal we were able to achieve nonetheless. And it made me very happy today. Yeah. And as you said, we as White Sox fans know we're out there, but it's also very surprising when White Sox win polls of the best fan base or they take over Twitter like they do so often. It's worldwide. White Sox are a you know, a minority, I guess, and when it comes to the largesse of the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, and people would, you know, pass over us. ESPN and other TV institutions would famously pass us over and forget that we won championships and other things. But White Sox, time and time again, and their fans continue to prove that there's they're out there by the dozens, by the thousands, by the millions to show up and be represented in this it's not uh, because of us necessarily don't 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 trip we're great and he's great at his job fig jam where we yeah. we're eating our I'm fig gonna, jam here <laughs> yeah we're not gonna put a false humble we are decent at what we do but without this team being good yeah without this fan base being so hungry for good content we wouldn't be in the spot that we were in. And thank you. I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens, retweets, sends it out to their friends, tells their friends, hey, you're looking for some good content. Here it is. That's really appreciated. We're very grateful. And, you know, even if it's just this one week, which I don't think it will, because you guys are keeping <laughs> us up. And, you know, this episode especially is going to be very fire. Um, even if it's just for this week. I'm very appreciative. This is uh, more than I could imagine when we started this. And I might have started the show initially, but it was us. It was me and Tanny who were asked to do the show. And we started this in October of 2019. And we're very grateful that you guys have stayed with us and grown our audience since then. 
Absolutely. So uh, we'll get to the stuff that weighs us down emotionally now that we've got the good vibes out of the way. But we're brought to you today by Locked on MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB, MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so White Sox losers last night, 5-4. to four. You know, I, I after a bit of a cool-down period here, I, I'm not as angry at that game as I was as, as it was happening, a uh, four-hour game uh, after having a, a, a nice cushion to start that game game but we would be remiss if we didn't start with what happened following the game two nights ago and leading up to the game yesterday so we were actually ahead of this one when we played that clip from twins television took a little bit of an exception to your mean mercedes swinging 3-0 i find out later from jeff passan who says in the last 20 years uh, there was uh, only one guy to swing at a 3-0 pitch when the team was up 11 runs or more, and that was Yermin Mercedes. Um, so congratulations to Yermin. Quite an accomplishment. I'm on a mission for dime pieces and sexy ladies. Allow me to introduce you to my... Yermin Mercedes. So we find that out, and the baseball world started to talk about it a little bit, but it didn't gain momentum, this whole, you know... Respect the game, unwritten rules, all that nonsense didn't really gain momentum until uh, Tony La Russa did his pregame press conference yesterday because Rocco Baldelli was not asked about it following the game in question. None of the other Twins players were asked about it or commented about it. It was pretty much just the clip on social media of the Twins broadcast catching fire and us talking about it as well. And, you know, when we talk about it, other people talk about it and Sox Twitter was all over it. So, uh, you know, it really wasn't much of a thing because none of the players involved were really upset about it. Your mean Mercedes spoke before the game and he mentioned, uh, oh yeah, he had played against uh, Astudio for many years and he knows him well and he doesn't think there was any malice there and there wasn't any words exchanged or if there were, your mean didn't really care. They just kind of celebrated in the clubhouse afterwards. So, you know, your mean was just asked about what happened the night before during his pregame press conference and your mean said, your mean's gonna be your mean. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Of, that's I'm gonna play like that, you know. Um, I'm Jeremy. Um, I can be a hundred person, you know, because if I'm changing, everything's gonna change. It. Um, everything was good. Uh, some of the, my, my teammates talk with me. Just be relaxed. Everything was good. Everything's good. Just doing you. Um, you know. Um, we're good. We're good. For whatever reason, you know, I apologize for the audio. Usually, you know, even though you're mean, you know, not the best. English speaker, but usually you can hear him pretty clearly, but you'll hear in this Tony clip, like the, the Zoom quality this week has not been great for whatever reason. Um, so, But that's your mean basically saying, yeah, I'm going to be your mean and I'm going to go out there and, and do my thing. So that's fine. I think everyone agreed that that is the correct uh, stance to take. And, you know, I, I want guys to be themselves out there. And one of the biggest problems I had with Fernando Tatis's you know grand slam up 3-0 last season was the fact that he apologized for it afterwards or he felt like he had to apologize you know I want guys to go out there and be themselves and you know I, I just don't think there's any reason you know no one got physically injured and you know I think we're all big boys here they're professional athletes and they can handle uh, uh, an ass whooping on the field of play every once in a while so I don't see what all the ire was about and then your means manager uh, took the stage for his pregame Zoom. And uh, here's what he said about your mean taking the big rip uh, on 3 0. Big mistake. 
I mean, you guys are zooming, so you're not at the ballpark. If you had been at the ballpark, just about the time the guy started making the pitch, I ran. I took several steps from the dugout onto the field yelling, take, take, take. Because just the way he was set up, it looked to me like he was going to swing. And the whole time he's around the bases, I'm out there and I'm, you know, I was upset because that's not a time to swing 3-0. There's a sportsmanship, respect for the game, respect for your opponent that's it's real. It has to be the uh, philosophy. We follow it. I've been taught it. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that he's a rookie who's excited it helps explain why he just was clueless. But now he's got a clue. I'm absolutely certain that the guy's not going to swing 3-0 in another situation. I didn't try to spank him. He's too big and strong. Yeah, so there's a lot going on there. That was from that's like basically the worst of of the like eight minutes or so that he spoke. I just kind of jammed it all together. Some of the more you know quotes that I found to be pretty troubling, but um, you know, sports radio was on fire talking about this, and Twitter was on fire. Everyone in the baseball world, Joe Sheehan, Trevor Bauer, everyone reaching out in favor of your mean Mercedes, which is overall a good thing, and bashing Tony Larusa. But Herb, your thoughts on uh, what went down before yesterday's ball game? Uh, it's embarrassing. Very much embarrassing. A manager main job is to control the clubhouse and take the stress off his players. And he's adding more stress to his players and the people in around there. So even before this game and what you're going to discuss, he put out something that's going to go and no matter if the Sox won, lost, draw tonight, Tim Anderson's going to be asked about this. Your Mercedes is going to be asked about this. Every player on the team is going to be asked about this. So at least another day on the calendar where if he comes in and says, you know what, and has this private moment with your mean and he disagree with your mean and he does that in private. I don't like it, but fine. It's a better way to handle it. The fact that he lights up his player in public and says that he apologized to the goddamn twins, the goddamn twins. He apologized to them for his players actions. Trying to win tells me that motherfucker needs to go immediately. He has to go. There is no excuse to throw your player under the bus in the service of the other team. And I just can't stand him getting in the culture of this goddamn locker room. This locker room was established by the players and he comes in and he tries to change all this shit that they've worked so hard for. And you're me, Mercedes. That man worked hard for the down in the minors for years for this opportunity. You think he's going to allow a ball that is a meatball to go past him just because you got some stupid ass rule that you learned 70 years ago. Fuck all that. That's dumb. 3-0 hit is always on. Always on. It's the best pitch you're going to get. If you don't like a, him hitting off a position player, put a better fucking play, player in there. I don't give a goddamn who he, do, who he does it to, when it's done. If it's done to my team, I don't give a fuck. Play baseball. Win. Play better. If you don't like shit that people are doing to you, play better. And Tony LaRusso not sticking up for his players. His main job is indefensible. And Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and everybody on that team has to have a mutiny and tell Jerry, get him off. We cannot have him. He has lost the locker room. This is the only reason you get fired as a manager. I believe you should get fired as a manager if you lost the players that are working for you or working with you. So fuck him. 
I'm tired of his stuff. I am really tired of him. It's the story of the goddamn baseball world. Him. Not the White Sox being the best team in baseball. Him. And that's bullshit. Well said. I mean, I agree with you on practically every tier of that. And, you know, all of our concerns going into this season about Tony La Russa, or at least most of the concerns, have been proven valid, sadly. Um, he's been a step slow or two on some of these managerial decisions, knowing the players, um, knowing rules, knowing replay rules. Um, so in terms of the speed of the game, you know, we were hopefully, you know, erring on the side of, oh, yeah, you know, the game hasn't changed that much since 2011, the last time he was in a dugout, but it had changed enough where it looked like Tony has been overmatched at times. And, you know, not just overmatched or pushing the wrong buttons because every manager is going to push the wrong buttons and put the incorrect players in and, you know, just not have a feel for that early, which he certainly uh, did not. But I think things have stabilized as of late. But he has been a step slow, and he has not been as good a manager as he, as he had been in the past. And the, our worst fears have already been – you know, validated here early on, and, and we're only May 18th here as we sit here recording this. And the other thing we worried about is team chemistry and having the pulse of his team. So you talk about those two things, being a step slow, the game passing him by, and then losing the pulse of his team. And so far, you can check both of those boxes. And the other box that is unchecked is, you know, his problems with, with the law. And I don't even want to talk about that because I feel like it, it's getting kind of personal. But like those were like the three things. Like, what if that happens again? And also, what if these other two things happen? So it's it's not off to a really good start. But my big problem, you know, and and I don't agree with with your mean ignoring the signs, you know, because you can't totally usurp your manager and mm-hmm. and disobey him. You know, I, I hate to use the phrase disobey because it's it's a kid's game and it's not life and death and, and all this stuff. But you know, if your manager's saying take take take, I feel like you should respect that. You know, the game was not particularly in jeopardy, but also we remember when uh, David Robertson blew that you know a million run lead in Kansas City that one night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about that game a lot. So that's why I don't ever want to hear the game was 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 you know out of hand. It was over. The other team was conceding. No, I'm there's a, no clock. Yeah, there's no cl- no clock. I'm I'm a st- you know step on someone's throat guy. Like you know I I want you to rip their heart out out there. You know what I mean? Like there no there's never enough runs for me. Okay, in baseball, I've seen odd things happen in my you know 38 years of watching this game, but. You know, it just – I'm, I'm not a fan of, of him ignoring uh, – we, we, the same way we would rip a player for running through a stop sign and getting tagged out, I think ignoring a sign from, from the dugout I, I think warrants the same, uh, you know, uh, type of ire in that situation. So I, I, I will not excuse your mean in, in that regard. Ultimately, I don't think it's necessary to tell a guy, take, take, take. So what, he takes on, on 3-0 and, you know, they, they, they you know – pound the strike zone for you know first for three and one count and all of a sudden on the next pitch he can, he can go swinging for the fences it's dumb it's semantics and I think it's silliness and it's a waste of everyone's time like that is a separate argument but Tony violated the cardinal rule in my book of being a baseball manager and that rule Tony called your mean clueless and he made him look like a child and that's the one thing you don't do is bury your players publicly. And we saw through the Ozzie Guillen years, he was a lightning rod at the top to deflect blame and ire from his players. And Tony is doing the exact opposite. You know, 
this has happened several times, not even just about the your mean thing, but you know, the, when, when we were having the, the manager's matter discussion, he would immediately deflect blame on the players. Well, it was the, the, the players out there on the field. That's who lost the game. Like but when we know we were talking about some of his managerial decisions that, that were in question. So he, he's, he's very quick to deflect blame away from himself and onto his players. And, to, out of all people, uh, you know, a 28-year-old rookie, who, like you said, spent 10 years trying to get to this level, and you undermine him when he's out there. He's not guaranteed a job beyond September. Mm-hmm. If 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 Eloy comes back and Andrew Vaughn continues to play a, a damn good left field, Eloy's going to be that DH. He's earned that right. And your mean Mercedes, who knows what's going to happen there? He can't play the field, I don't think. So he may get traded. He may spend the rest of his 2021 down in Charlotte. I hope he doesn't deserve that. He deserves much better fate than that. But we don't know what's going to happen is my point. Just and this, on the bench. Yeah. you know. And all of a sudden you have he's, – he's having an MVP-type season, not just rookie mm-hmm. of the year, all-star MVP-type season. He's not guaranteed anything – once these guys start coming back and, you know, he's got to do whatever he, he has to do to get his numbers up for his next team, because I don't think his future is with the White Sox. You know, there's just too many redundancies on this roster. He's playing for his current job. He's playing for his future job. He's playing for all of it. And I'm sorry, man, this is Major League Baseball. These are not kids out there. Everyone knows the risks involved. And there was plenty of opportunities for Rocco Baldelli to put in. Uh, a, a substantial pitcher in that moment, and he didn't have to make a spectacle out of it. You know, the, the funny thing is, Major League Baseball cannot wait to promote these type of things when they happen. Like, you know, we were excited when it happened. We we love the novelty of it of Astudio mm-hmm. pitching to your mean. One of the favorite things that happened in that ass whooping the other night. It was an enjoyable moment, no matter what happened. Like, I would have liked to have seen uh, Astudio. Strike out your mean on a big on a big yacker on a big Uncle Charlie. I think that would have been hilarious to see your mean swing from his shoe tops. You know, we saw it with with the uh, with, with Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo. The same thing. We applauded that because that was two guys having fun. These guys knew each other the same amount of years as, as Rizzo and Freeman knew each other. We applaud that because the result is what we wanted, and this is not the result that that some people wanted. So all of a sudden, it became offensive. I just find it all ridiculous, and I hate the fact that we even have to talk about this but yet again here's the manager injecting himself into the situation and we've already spent too much time in my opinion talking about it but what happens so what's the punishment for you mean that if, if he violated misconduct and rules of the game and this that and the third what's the punishment oh there was no punishment except in tony's mind the punishment was you get to stay in the lineup and get thrown at oh see now he threw at mercedes that look that's from last night. Duffy threw it, your mean Mercedes. The umpires are going to come in and talk it over. We had a feeling this might happen. Let's make sure none of these shenanigans continue because baseball is supposed to be fun, and why can't we just go ahead and play baseball? There. He's he, out of here. He, he, should, be, he yeah. should be thrown out. The pitch was behind him. It wasn't meant to injure him because it was below the waist. Rocco Baldelli is going to say, Whatever he's going to say, he's going to be wrong about it, but he's going to say it. And look, usually when they throw out the pitcher, they also throw out the manager, which means Rocco is making his last stand. And indeed, Rocco Baldelli was thrown out. My favorite moment of this bad game was Tim Anderson yelling, get his, get his ass out of here from the dugout. Like, that's mm-hmm. our guy, T.A., right there. And it's just, 
it's just horrendous behavior. You know that that move of hit, hit you know, attempting to hit your mean seemed like it came from the Sox dugout more than anything because it seemed to be a non-starter at the end of the previous night's game, but all of a sudden it became an issue because of the manager. So now you're putting your your star player out there, and right now he is a star player for this team. I don't think they are where they are without your means contributions. Now you've got your star player out there getting thrown at, and that that's. Congratulations, Tony. This is this is your clubhouse. This is what you wanted, and I'm sure your guys are going to rally behind you because of it. Yeah, uh, just I'm I'm just exasperated with him. Yeah, so I just don't know what to. Well, I don't because I I know all my protestations are just going to go in one ear and out yeah. the other for Jerry, and it doesn't fucking matter. I hope Tony has some fucking balls and says, you know, I don't need this. I'm a Hall of Fame manager. I'm going to step away because I'm hurting this team more than I'm helping them. So I'm getting away. I'm trying to take away shine from uh, rookie of the year candidate. But, you know, that won't happen. So I'm just done. I'm I'm, I'm watching the team, but I, I'm, I'm at a 10. I think I'm going to be watching these games at a 10 the whole fucking year. And I wish I wasn't. Yeah, so just a quick post to this. You know, Tony LaRusso after the game said, oh, the Twins handled that the right way. And then Lance Lynn, who we were talking about before the game even started, like, okay, who's going to be on Tony's side here? Uh, Tony seems to be a man without a country right now because Lance Lynn after the game, uh, this is from Ryan McGuffey has the quote here of NBC Sports Chicago, Lance Lynn on unwritten rules. Quote, if a position player is on the mound, there are no rules. Let's get the damn game over with. And if you have a problem with whatever happened, then put a pitcher out there. Perfectly said by a gamer, a guy who's won a World Series, a guy who, you know, pitched a good ball game last night despite not having his best stuff. But there you have it. So now you have Evan Marshall on Twitter liking anti Larusa comments. You have Tim Anderson going on Instagram uh, on the NBC Sports Chicago page saying the game wasn't over. Keep doing your thing, Big Daddy. When he's talking to your mean, and your mean says, you know, absolutely, give you know, hundred percent emoji, firecracker emoji, whatever. So now you have all these players who are on the opposite side of Tony La Russa, and here it is, only May 18th. It's uh, going to be an interesting ride. I'll just ask this before we take a break and quickly recap last night's game, which is pretty much one they just throw away. Um, can the White Sox withstand this? Is the club, clubhouse culture good enough where they can sort of operate independently and not have to, to worry about what their manager says or does? Do they have enough horses, enough talent to overcome all this nonsense? Yes. I mean, we saw it in Cincinnati where the focus was on Tony La Russa and his moves in the game. And the White Sox then ran off what, I don't know how many games in a row, only losing two to Kansas City until this one right here. So, yeah, the players are ultimately going to make this team what it's going to be. And they might, this might put them together and say, you know, fuck that dude. We're here for ourselves. We'll respect his time to get here at 3.30. We'll respect his fucking take sign if he really wants it. But otherwise, that guy does not run our clubhouse. We do. We're in control of this. We built it. He cannot come in here and destroy it. So we'll have our meeting with Jerry, and we'll have our meeting with Rick, and we know it's going to go nowhere, but God damn it, we're going to bound together to make sure that we're not going to lose and that dude's not going to destroy what we built so many years of bad shit. Like Tim's been here since 2016 and Eaton came back. He's like, I don't want this thing to crumble like that team. I don't want that to be that this team where it started off good and then it crumbled and fell off the table. And we're not we're trading people for James Shields. That's not what we want to be. So 
the players are going to come together and make sure that they're, the talking point is this team is the best team in the American League, and we're going to keep on playing, and we're smoking the Twins, and we're smoking the Yankees, and we're smoking anybody who comes in our way because that's how we're, we're going to be dealing with players. And when we get our people back, like Hose, we get Luis back, we get Eloy back, if we they come back, we're going to be beating people even more. And if you don't like us hitting home runs in 3 0 don't get down to us by 11 runs. <laughs> Absolutely. And this team has plenty to to rally against or, you know, to be their rallying cry with the injuries. They've got plenty of adversity here, and now they've got even more adversity with their managers. So once these players come back and they have no more adversity as far as the injuries, they're going to have their, their manager to rally against. And it's sad, but the clubhouse is strong enough. They've got strong enough leaders, and now it's huge for Lance Lynn to come out and say what he did. Because, you, you know, the, there's a certain amount of guys in that clubhouse. You're like, oh, I wonder how they feel about this. Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel, Adam Eaton. And supposedly Adam Eaton was, you know, basically, you know, uh, not grandstanding. We saw him in the dugout talking to Yermin after that home run. We, we found out later from Yermin that, oh, he was just, you know, didn't have much to say to him. And, you know, it, it was uh, basically a big nothing. So this is huge, man, and we'll see how it plays out the rest of the way. But the, I think the clubhouse is strong enough. And like you said, these guys have too much – uh, blood and sweat equity put into this thing with all those years of losing to let a, a manager get in the way and and his it's they're only ideological philosophies it's not a physical impediment that you have to battle through every day these are just one man's ideologies that clearly aren't reflected on those guys in that clubhouse so I don't think it'll be a thing and uh, you know maybe they'll find some common ground there but I'm just so damn sick of the story becoming Tony Larusso this team is good enough where they should be the story themselves they're undermanned and going out there obliterating a division rival and they've they had won four straight games against their division rival before the loss last night and they should be the story the number one run differential in all of baseball that should be the story playing through adversity that should be the story not their damn manager We'll wrap this thing up next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Wealthfront. You know, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Weatherfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need to get started is $500. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Guess what, friends? I've got another health update for you guys. I mentioned that I started eliminating unnecessary sugar from my diet, working out a little bit more, but most of all, getting rid of those unhealthy snacks that I tended to overindulge in at times. And I can tell you that about two and a half months into this lifestyle change, I am down about 15 pounds now. And I got to tell you, I don't know if I could have done it without Built Bar. I'm going to keep going, folks, because I, I'm loving the way I'm feeling. I have a new routine. I don't even miss those sugary snacks and soda and all 
all the other stuff that I used to eat all the time because I have built bars. I order them in bulk basically whenever I order them so I never run out. Uh, I have one for an afternoon snack and one after dinner to get rid of my sweet cravings and they've done wonders for me. They've totally eliminated my my cravings for sugar, but they still taste delicious. That's the best part. See, this stuff doesn't work if built bars don't taste awesome and they do. You know, you have some of these other protein bars out on the market and they don't taste as good and they're pumped with sugar a lot of times, but built bar that's not the case. Low sugar, low carb, high protein and always covered in 100% chocolate. I can tell you that my new favorite flavor for the time being is coconut brownie chunk. I've got it right here in front of me. It's only 150 calories, but it's packing a whopping 15 grams of protein in this bad boy, okay? And it's just delicious chocolate coconut brownie chunk. But if you want to get yourself a coconut brownie chunk, Go to BuiltBar.com now because these things go fast. Whenever I get an email saying that we have this flavor back in stock, I'm there immediately. And whenever I'm at BuiltBar.com, I'm making sure I put in our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Do what I did. Go to BuiltBar.com. Order yourself up a flavor. Sprinkle in a new flavor that you haven't tried. You never know what your favorite flavor could be unless you try it. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKED15. BuiltBar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, there's not much to recap from this game last night, Herb, and yep. this is one that got away. Lance Lynn was out there like like a bulldog. You know, he had that hand injury from his last start, and, you know, I, I have a great comfort whenever Lance Lynn is out there because he's a guy that you know is going to navigate his way through a ball game despite not having his good stuff, which he did not have last night. It was one of those nights where you, where you knew it. Um, but ultimately, I, I'm always comfortable with him out there because the results are going to be there, and even though his greatest detriment – for him this season has been the defense behind him. There was a couple of bad plays made behind him, but then also Yuan Moncada was really good behind him at third base, playing a, an all-world type third base for him. But Lance Lynn, not as great stuff tonight, but certainly good enough uh, to keep you in this ballgame. Yeah, I, I had no problems at all with Lance Lynn did on the mound last night. He, like you said, is a bulldog, and he will give you a maximum effort every time he goes out. I think he gave up, what, two runs in his uh, couple inning, or seven innings of work? He is a guy that I don't worry about. Even when he doesn't pitch well, I can say, okay, off game, he's going to be back the next time. I have no problem. Like when I heard that it was uh, Lance Lynn today, I was like, all right, cool. We're going to have a chance to win tonight. I don't know if it's we're going to win, but we're going to have a chance to win because I know Lance is going to be out there doing everything he can to make sure this team is successful. But just um, managers didn't cause the, the loss because – you lost because you kept on pitching to Miguel Sano and he kept on hitting balls really hard. And if you really want to go at it, Miguel Sano wasn't great before tonight. He had had a horrible year. He had a bad year, but once you hear, see those two home runs hit middle, middle fastball, it's not the lick, bro. It's not the lick at all. Aaron bummer. We need to get a better selection right there. I don't know if, that's Yasmani Grandal putting down the signs, but Aaron Bummer's got to execute a little bit better than that. He has not been the guy that we thought we're going to be getting this year. Yeah, Lance Lynn, final line, six innings pitch, five hits, two runs, both of them are the two uh, home runs to Snow, and uh, sometimes that, that happens. A, a bummer thing, I think it was a, a sinker that didn't sink, and those can go a long way, and you've got a, a, an all-world-type night from Miguel Sano, and sometimes those things happen, but certainly it was a winnable game for the White Sox. Not, not enough offense tonight, really, especially with the guy making his Major League debut on the other side in Ober. Um, of course, Jake Lamb contributing after uh, the Jake Lamb song in yesterday's show, of 
course. He, he contributed with the bomb early on in that one. Uh, the most aesthetically pleasing thing on the White Sox team, the Yasmani Grandal home run from the left side with the bat drop. We got that tonight, but ultimately it's just a, it was a not enough. I think maybe, I don't know if this team led up after getting out to the, you know, the, the four nothing lead, but it sure seemed like they, they took their foot off the gas, which, you know, I don't know if you can equate that or relate that, I should say, to what happened in the previous night's game where we have all this discussion about, you know, taking your foot off the gas. I think it was just a bad night. And sometimes it's not your night out there, and sometimes you get beat. Kopech was really good in the limited work there. Um, the decision to let Bummer go out there and start the ninth, what'd you make of that? I was actually not in favor of it. Um, I understood what he came out in the eighth. People were questioning that. Why didn't Kopech go longer? He looked great, blah, blah, blah. I was like, they had two lefties, Polanco, or I think Polanco might be a switch hitter, lefty, and then Max Kepler to start off. And if you want to go lefty, lefty, and if you still think that's a thing, I salute you. I have no problem with that. But him coming out for the ninth, that's why I sent out a tweet. It's like, do you agree with this? And the majority, 90%, before it even got bad, said no. He should be starting the inning with Kendricks. And I am a big-time proponent of starting a clean inning with your guy. So, yeah, I didn't think it was great to have Aaron Bummer out there. But Aaron Bummer has to get that first guy out. And it's light hitting Andrews and Simmons. So, <laughs> to not get him out, he I think he went to a 3-2 count. And Andrews and Simmons hit a single to left. And if you're not going to get him out, I don't know why he's in the game because – he struggled in the inning before, and then Anderson Simmons is the eight hitter in the lineup, and he's getting a rocket shot to left. So Aaron Bummer's just not that guy anymore. So maybe there, Tony uh, misstepped, Tony, Ethan Katz, whoever is handling the pitching staff. And then so Liam Hendricks comes on in this one, and I, I, I agree with you. I'm in favor of, of a you know a closer, a relief pitcher coming in with a clean inning. I think just it makes good sense, especially with, with Simmons going up there. Like if Liam Hendricks can't retire Anderson Simmons, from the right hand side, I don't, I don't know what we're doing, but you know he gets Cruz to ground out. Nelson Cruz, we see him in the pinch hit spot there. Yohan Moncada's a wizard with the glove. Yeah, Moncada's just awesome. Like he's hitting the ball harder than anyone right now. Doesn't have all the hits to show for it, but when he when he gets a hold of him and he hits one in those in the gap, there's nothing like that's the second most Beautiful. aesthetically pleasing thing I think. It may even be the first uh, thing on the socks that we'd love to see the most. But Yohan is playing great. And, you know, just Liam Hendricks thing, man, Like I, it's May 18th, and we have not seen dominant Liam Hendricks yet. Now, the times that he's sort of let the team down and been on the losing end or had a poor performance, like it was unconventional situations. Like, you know, that, you know, he did have a blown save earlier, but these are situations where it's like, you know, tie game or you're in that extra innings madness. And we just not have we have not seen the elite dominant all world Liam Hendricks so far this year. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because maybe he was overworked last year or maybe he's not worked enough this year. I don't know what's going on, but it's it's not good. And it's starting to make me realize like they it was a misallocation of the resources. I, I hope I'm wrong in the long term. Yeah, and Aaron Bummer, like, not necessarily being bad the whole year, but he, you know, has got his, what, fourth blown save on the year. He hasn't been as locked down as he usually is, and Liam Hendricks the same. Like, we're, the number might look good, the ERA might look good, but he's not of that number, if you know what I mean. It seems like he's, when you want a guy who's a multiple inning guy, you want him to shut everything down. And I know he had a guy on first when he took over, but it's his job. They pay him the big bucks to get people out, and he didn't succeed in that regard. I mean, Blanco's a tough hitter. 
They had a choice there. I was thinking about that choice. You walk Polanco because the guy at first base stole second after the first pitch when he was pitching to Polanco. Then you could say, okay, do we go after Polanco or do we go after Kepler there in that situation? You had your choice. They went over after Polanco. You paid the price. Uh, And Liam Hendricks, I want that guy who's a lockdown closer to come in and lock down your division opponent. Not necessarily his fault. You got that traffic on the base, but also you get paid to do it. Yeah, you know, it's just one that got away, and it's hard to be too mad about it, especially as we've removed ourselves a little bit from this one. We had an, an inter- interview after the game that will air on Friday. We'll tell you about that in the next segment before we get out of here. But just, you know, it was one that got away, like I said. And the Sox in one-run games, I believe they're 4-4 four and four now. I'm trying to remember just off the top of my head because they, they won that game on Sunday and now they lost this one today. So I would like to see them perform a bit better in one-run games. But overall, their record on the road is still pretty good and they're going to have an opportunity there if you keep that road record where it is. And, you know, just it, you'd like to see things tighten up and you'd like to see guys with a better opportunity there, uh, at least from the pitching side. And, you know, I'd like to see things like Adam Eaton not hit against the lefty in the top of the ninth inning we even talk about that but um before we get out of here uh we'll preview tomorrow's show and the rest of the week here on locked on white Sox. locked on white Sox is brought to you by bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. There's so many things you could bet on each and every day at BetOnline.ag. It's got all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even your UFC MMA action. Looking to make a play on this big Chicago-Minnesota series coming up? Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest news and odds, and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information. If you're someone who likes to play the Dow, you can bet on what the final digit of the Dow is going to be each and every day, okay? When I tell you they have everything, they have everything. I'm also looking at the hot dog eating contest this year. Joey chestnut right now the over under set at 74 and a half hot dogs for joey chestnut for wednesday june 30th 2021 the hot dog eating contest for this year you want to bet on the new york lottery you can do that you can bet on whether or not the number is going to be odd or even i'm telling you they've got all your betting needs covered here at bet online so don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and don't forget our promo code locked on at bet online that's promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus all right day game in minneapolis in the twin cities today and we'll recap this one and we'll have the recap posted by midnight tomorrow and it's going to be lucas giolito he's two and four with a 497 era against matt shoemaker who's two and four with a 662 ERA, a couple of uh, righties going at it here uh, for the Sox and Twins. Sox looking to take the rubber match of this three-game series and uh, a day game victory on getaway day uh, as they head to New York. It would uh, go a long way in terms of improving the morale, even though morale should still be pretty good because the Sox are 25-16 and 16 and still are probably going to have a two-and-a-half game lead in the Central as the uh, Indians are playing the Angels and the Shohei Otani show. Oh, boy, uh, has he been unreal. So we'll have that one uh, for you tomorrow at midnight to break down and uh, – 
it'll be good. And on Friday, we have an interesting guest that uh, we just talked to, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jay Westbrook, he is a brewmaster at Haymarket Pub and Brewery over there, 737 West Randolph. They've got an exciting beer project that they're working on to be released in july and uh, it's going to be for a good cause so that's just a little teaser of what we're doing friday uh it's a it's white Sox related beer so you guys won't want to miss that and we like talking to Sox fans of note and getting their unconventional stories you know we had of course sean evans from hot ones on the show and we don't do a lot of guests but this is a really cool opportunity to talk to someone new he's someone that you already knew but it's my first time meeting him and i'm looking forward to you guys hearing that show uh, on friday it's a good time to do it after the Sox off day on thursday so i'm looking forward to that show me too guys and uh, i hope you guys check it out it was a very interesting conversation a lot of good information and a lot of ways that you can help uh with the lost boys incorporated so for chris Tannehill at chris Tannehill on twitter my name is herb lawrence at ecknerwall 23 on twitter and our show at locked on socks twitter instagram and youtube 312-566-8727 if you've got the number 312-566-8727 for voicemails locked on socks at gmail.com is the way you can send us an email so for Cristano, i am herb lawrence <sighs> it's a day game gets to cleanse this bullshit <laughs> All thank you for listening guys though thank you guys and girls to Locked on Socks.